Good morning, everybody. Hope everyone is doing well. Happy Monday. Those that are joining us live or close to live, we're in that time of the year, that July 4th weekend time of the year. Summer is here, getting warmer, getting hotter. Summer is a great opportunity for us to grow. It's a time where the world slows down a little bit. When the world slows down, we get to speed up. The tortoise and the hare. When everybody slows down, we get to keep on chugging. Knowing that if you just come at it every single day and everybody comes back, you're that much better for it. I think one of the great bits of advice that I've gotten over this whole virus thing was one of my rabbis mentioned to me, don't, he said to me, don't pretend to go back to normal. Like if that's how you see of this, what's going on is that we're waiting to go back to normal. You're not going to push yourself. You're not going to try to grow from within. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've succeeded or not, but the idea, the concept that everything in life is a time to grow. And sometimes the growth period takes place outside. Sometimes the growth period takes place inside. Now, typically this is a winter and winter summer dichotomy where winter is the time that is designed for inner growth, introspection, long nights. And summer is a time to, for outer growth, doing, failing, trying, doing. This year has a little bit of a different feel. It doesn't feel like March, but it still feels like we still have a little bit of more in, inner work to do. Got a great question. I got two great comments yesterday. One from Orit, who mentioned to me yesterday that really the learning that we're talking about is less a guy coding and more machine learning, which is adaptive learning. I got another comment that we're going to talk about later on, maybe this week. But I want to really delve into that. She's right. The, the intention of growth is not, I can go into my brain, find the broken code, and fix it. The intention that we're talking about is, when we talk about growth, we're really talking about change. Growth is like evolutionary change. Our body changes it just grows as opposed to has the change is incremental. Even if there are dynamic pieces to it, usually change takes place over time. But if you get underneath it, really, it's, it's change. Something is changing. Something is there that wasn't there before. Something that was there is now changed. If you really go into what change is, it could be the betterment of something, but the betterment of something means there was something there that wasn't there before. My muscles have some level of strength that was built because of hard work that wasn't present before. In my brain are connections that were formed that weren't formed before. And if you ever want to really try this, memorize something. Find anything to memorize. And you just keep at it every single day. And at some point, you'll memorize it. And in your brain, you will have a piece of information that you just didn't have before at your fingertips. So when we're talking about change, we're talking about understanding how the system works, how the computer works. We spoke last week a lot about the why, what we're, what's driving towards us. How do we look at ourselves with a little bit of a closer lens, not in any way to discourage ourselves, but to only embolden ourselves? And life is gray. 
I got an email yesterday from Jack who said, well, if I'm giving, am I giving or taking? That's hard. If I'm buying my wife jewelry, is it to gift her or because I want her to treat me a certain way? If I am praying, am I doing it for God or for me? It's hard. And we'll talk about how to distinguish that later on. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Because the answer is both. That's why life is great. And the goal is not to say I'm terrible. The goal is to say, I got a lot, I got a lot of room that I can still grow with. The worst is for say, okay, listen, I'm buying jewelry. Let me click into the robot and just buy my wife jewelry. I'm sure she'll be okay with that. But the goal is to constantly clarify your intentions. So first you may buy your wife jewelry because you want her to treat you a certain way. And then maybe as you get a little further into your marriage, you may buy her jewelry because you like the way she reacts. And then as you keep on clarifying and clarifying and clarifying that really it's for her, really it's for her, really it's for her, really it's for her. If you get down this game without feeling discouraged, at some point in your marriage, when you buy your wife jewelry, you're just doing it for her. Even if she doesn't give you anything in return, that gives you pleasure. That's the whole game. It's hard, but let's just walk, let's just walk down the road. Even if it takes us 30 years, who cares? If we're walking down the road of clarifying why we do what we do, at some point, we're going to be totally autonomous from this world. We're going to be total givers. We'll be aligned to look exactly like our father in heaven, who's a total giver. We can give somebody breath while that person on earth spits in his face every day. You see people spitting in God's face every day. They don't know if God's here or not. They haven't spent a lifetime studying it. They heard it. They, they thought about it a little bit. It probably didn't make any sense to them. And they'll just spit in God's face as he pumps breath into there. So being a giver is what we're trying to aspire to. It, take, it could take us forever. Who cares? But as long as we're doing it day in and day out, we're getting there. But really what we got to talk about now is the how. How does change work? And to understand how, we have to understand where it doesn't work. So if you want to look at one of the greatest failures of change, it takes place for all of us at least once a year for most people, right? Most people at least once a year make what's called a resolution. For some, I don't know if I did this. I don't know if I did this or not. Andy, when I speak, just let me know if I've covered this already before. I don't think I did, but Andy, you'll let me know, or anyone else, Liran, Nirla, whoever's out there. Let me know if I did this before. Resolutions are okay. Good. Thank you. Thank you both. I got my crew. I got my team. I read. Well, everyone. Thank you, guys, and ladies. One of the greatest failures throughout the years was something called a resolution. We all make them. For some, it takes place on New Year's. You come to New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, and something about the calendar end, the beginning, the newness. And most Americans make resolutions. And a resolution, if you understand it, is really a very self-interested thing to do. You recognize something wrong with you. You are resolving to spend more time fixing you. No one's making you make it, and you're not doing it for anybody else. For some people, it takes place during the high holidays. It could be the Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah era. It could be if you, if you celebrate different holidays. Sometimes a major holiday that you celebrate, depending on your religion, that's the moment that is your new year, and you'll look at that year and go, this is going to be different. 
Sometimes it takes place at a funeral. You go to a funeral of somebody and you go, it's going to be different, right? There's a resolution that we make throughout time. So there's a study done, I believe, by the University of Rochester, if I'm remembering correctly. If not, I'll, I'll post the right um, I'll post the right research for those hopefully tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up depending on where it was, where they studied resolutions. And they found that out of those that make resolutions, I think the number is somewhere around 8% actually keep them for any legitimate period of time. The ability to hold on to resolution is so abysmally low that it's basically a failed exercise from the beginning. And the question is why? You recognize you have an issue. You resolve to change it. Okay, some people can't do it. The overwhelming majority, virtually everybody fails at resolutions. Why is that? So now that we're together, it, it can start to make a little bit sense. If you have a computer for a brain, and your computer has been basically taking whatever you've been exposed to, organizing it into your head, and putting most of it in your subconscious so that it's, it's, it's habituated. If you decide to do something, who cares? Your computer is programmed to do something else, right? If you decide one morning that you want to be healthier, you've got so much neuro connections telling you, eat what you like to eat, eat whenever you want, eat that food, reach for the cabinet, take doubles. The computer is already operating on its own. So you can make a decision all you want, but when you actually get into life, your computer's going, what are you, crazy? Like, do you see that? that, that that's a hamburger. We eat those all the time. Now, you could have two days ago been like, wait, I got to cut down on that. You, you could be like, I got to eat healthier. Wake up in the morning and they go, but it's a muffin. It's a muffin. Do you see how many chocolate chips are in that muffin? And that neural connection goes, wake up in the morning, pass by the store, buy the muffin. So the disconnect between the resolution and the brain really, if you break it down, it really could be understood in a way, in a deep way, although when I speak about these concepts, they're so much more complex than, than, than we can talk about, but or that I even fully, fully understand. But just from the basics, we can sort of see it from the dichotomy of a, of a soul and a body. Your soul is saying, I want to be more. The computer called your brain is going, we're fine where we are. The computer called your brain isn't editorializing your life. Your brain is not saying like we really should. There's something, it's coming from somewhere deeper or in science they called consciousness. There's some other source of thinking that is driving you to look at your neuro connections and say, it's not enough. So you can have a moment where you connect to that and then an emotional rush that you get from it. And maybe for a day or for a two or for three or for four, it works. Maybe the inspiration the emotional uh, excitement that you get from the thought that you can already be at the end of the road just because you've made that decision holds you for that first day, right? You go the next day and you feel amazing and you pass on dessert and you go to the gym and you, you know, call your family members and you come home early and you read your kids' books and you read Goodnight Moon a hundred times, right? And life's amazing. You're like, where have I been? I finally found the the light switch that I've been looking for my whole life, as if the reason why we're not more successful is because we haven't found the switch on the wall. Now I realize I should be healthier. Now I realize I should just really hold my tongue when I'm in a fight with, oh, I should spend time with my children. That's how to be a good parent. I, I didn't fully get it before. 
I'm, now that I made the resolution and I'm pumped for it, God forbid you go to a funeral of someone who passes away early and you go, now I'm going to be a different parent. Now I'm going to be a different son. Oh, oh, that's what I have to do. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that being nice to my spouse really can get through half of the reasons why we don't have a great relationship. Oh, and I found the light switch. Resolution. Click. And for the first two days, it's going great, right? Because you're so pumped. You see the vision so clearly down the road, you know you're going to get there. And what you make the mistake, and when I mean you, I mean me, us. Where we make the mistake is that we assume that the reason why we're not there already is that there's something wrong in our willpower. You know why he's so good at that? Because he has such good willpower. You know why she cannot eat that? Because she has such strong willpower. You know why that person is making in this world? Because they've got grip determination they can handle resilience as we spoke about yesterday you know that word resilience the reason why we think we're not more is because as if like there's like this trait called willpower and all of its separate words that go with it that really means that guys like michael jordan just have this inner desire that the rest of us don't now there is truth to that there is a desire that they have that we don't don't but that's not the whole answer the reason why we're not more isn't because we lack desire to be more. Okay, there is some truth to that. There is some level of desire that some people have that others don't. But there's something a lot bigger. The reason why we're not more isn't because once you find the light switch called desire or willpower and you start to turn it on, now you can go wherever you want. That lasts, but not for a very long period of time. You can go to the well called willpower, and you can hold out for weeks, maybe even months. But that's not how it works. The reason why we're not more is because our brains aren't programmed to be more. The reason why we're not more is because in our subconscious mind, our neuro connections do not have the connections that lead us to doing things in an excellent way. If we would build the right code, that even if through the concept of machine learning, if we would learn and understand what is the right code to put in our minds, then we would change our brains, our computers would change from looking at the world and making connections that were mediocre or above average connections to connections that were excellence. If we train ourselves to approach food in a certain way, to approach people in a certain way, to approach analyzing our lot over time, our connections would be that of excellence. So what would feel normal to us is to operate in a way of excellence. It may be physically exhausting, but that's not what's blocking us. It's not physical exhaustion, it's mental exhaustion mind's inability to know what to do. So now it has to override the system. So let me sure that's clear before we to next, go move to the next piece. If your brain is saying, go left, eat that food, say that thing, give up. And because you get emotionally charged, AKA inspired, you say, no, we're not. The mental exhaustion that takes place between no, we're not. What do you mean? This is who we are. No, we're not. This is who we are. That mental exhaustion is why we stop. 
It's not just the physical exhaustion that goes along with keep on running. It's the mental exhaustion that goes along with yes, we are, no, we're not. Yes, we are, no, we're not. We're like, brain's like, what's going on? This is how we do things. I got, I know how to do this. This is called a code. Walk into the kitchen, eat what you want. What's happening? What, what are you doing over there? What's with the whole don't, what, what, why aren't you putting your hand into the fridge? What just happened? And the emotional energy that you've got to use to not go into that fridge is you're using through inspiration and you're dragging it and your brain's having, a, your brain's rolling. It's a, it's a war. So how do you deal with it? How does it work? So we have to understand how we change. First, you have to realize that our power, I hope I have enough time to talk about this. Uh, maybe I don't. We'll start now. We'll hopefully continue tomorrow. You have to realize that our willpower is a finite resource. Roy Baumaster, we did this year, I remember it. Roy Baumaster speaks about this, where he puts two people, two groups of students, I think we did this on the show, two students. It's okay to review. We'll just remember concentric circles. Those that are joining us now for the first time, we go over stuff, we review things together. Roy Baumaster did an experiment with college students where he put students in two different rooms, both leading to a test that they were supposed to take, but it, the questions were literally impossible. So he was only testing to see how long they would last while they gave up. He told them it was a tough test, but he didn't tell them it was an impossible test. So he got college kids to sign up to take a test. They thought they were supposed to take a test. He was testing to see how long they would last before they gave up. Now, before they get to the testing room, he had them wait in two separate waiting rooms. In waiting room one, one, he put chocolate chip cookies. Freshly baked tray of chocolate chip cookies. For a college student, they were probably going to two steps and they were going to dive in head first. But right in front of the cookies was a sign that said, don't touch the cookies. Can you imagine these kids sitting in that room, like going out of their minds? The whole room smelt of chocolate chip cookies and they were literally enhanced. And no one's in the room. Just a sign says, don't touch the cookies. And they're just like fighting themselves the whole time. They go into the room, they last eight minutes and they quit. In room two, he puts in a tray of freshly cut radishes. And he says, don't touch the radishes. And the kids go, yeah, no problem. I won't touch the radishes. They walk into him the last 22 minutes. And he starts to develop a theory called ego depletion. Ego from the Freudian sense of self, not arrogance. And here's his theory. All of us have a finite amount of willpower every day. It depletes. If you're waiting in the room, if you're waiting, oh good, awesome. Richard calls May 12th. God bless you, Richard. If you're waiting in the room and you're using your power to not eat cookies, you're going to have less to give to a test. But if you're waiting in the room and using no power, to not eat radishes, you'll have more for the test. Now, the reason why that's so important while we're doing this again now is now that we've spoken about the why, we start moving into the how again, we have to realize that if we're relying on willpower to get us to where we got to go, we're going to be, we're going to fail. Willpower alone can't take us there because it's a finite resource. So how do we do it? Well, we have to come up with a way to change while having a very finite amount of willpower available to us. We'll talk about it tomorrow. How do we do this?
for those who tuned in, thanks so much. For those, Richard, you guys are awesome. May 12th, amazing. You guys knew when we did this last time. Those who are listening now, remember, you can always listen to it on Zoom Live or on my Facebook or Momentum's Facebook. And we, we have this afterwards on my YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Have an incredible day. And with God's help, I can't wait to speak to you tomorrow. We're going to talk about how to use, with God's help, how to use that limited willpower to take us to the places that we want to go. Have a great day, everybody.